0: Hello hello and welcome to another episode of Putting It Together. I'm Brian O'Sullivan, this is my podcast, it's Putting It Together, it's Creative Conversations, as you probably know. It's Wednesday the 13th of December, Um, I have no reason to give you the date, Uh, A, because you probably have it, and B, because it might not be Wednesday the 13th of December when you're listening to this. Perhaps it's three years down the line. Uh, If it is, I'm delighted because that means it lives on. Anyway, it doesn't matter what the date is, although it is worth remembering that it's December, we're coming up to Christmas, and putting it together is going to keep going, all the way, every Wednesday, Christmas, New Year, you name it, putting it together will be there for you, so... Regardless of all the festivities, I'll still be with you every week with a brand new creative conversation and I'm starting to line up some really exciting guests for the new year. Uh, And the rest of December doesn't look too bad either. My guest today is Louise McCarthy, one half of the smash hit comedy duo The Dolls. Uh, It's been described in some places as a female Francie and Josie, which certainly doesn't hurt. I was a big fan of Francie and Josie growing up, still am. Uh, And they're really taking the place by storm with their tour, The Dolls Abroad is their current show, or at least their most recent show, Uh, and then, right now, they're about to open in panto at the Clyde Auditorium, the SECC in Glasgow, they're doing from the 16th of December to the 7th of January with Gary Tank Commander, and all that entails massive audiences, massive special effects and budgets and costumes and all the rest of it, all that stuff that we love, so... That's where you can catch Louise this season. She's about to open any day now. But she managed to find some time to sit down and talk to me, which was amazing. Uh, We've been friends for many years. Uh, We started out together in stage school when we were both uh, 14 or 15. Um, And actually, in the interview, we find out what it is that drove Louise to join the stage school. And it might not be for the reasons you might think uh, that she joined and what kept her going. Um, we also get into all sorts of childhood games, playing make-believe, all that stuff, and how that becomes a passion for acting. We've talked about it with many people on the show, how those games you play as a kid actually turn into what you do for your for your living. Um, and we even found out that we both made pretend radio shows on cassette tapes when we were kids, uh, without knowing that the other one was was doing that too. So, you know, look at us now, <laughs> sitting at the mics and doing pretty much the same thing. Hi, so it's good uh, to chat to Louise, and I'm glad I managed to catch her before things got hectic. Um, She's a good laugh. she's always has been a good laugh, and I think that comes across in the interview, so I hope you're going to enjoy it. We're in the end of week two, or we're going into week three of Arabian Nights now, Uh, so that's four more weeks we've got to do to go of performances just hundreds of not literally hundreds but so many performances (laughs) Uh, so so far we've had so many people see it masses of school kids all screaming as soon as the lights go down they start screaming and they're so excited they don't even know what they're going to see but they're excited that they're going to see something they love the color and the the noise and the, the the scenery they seem to just really react to that and the puppets particularly the puppets they just love um, and there's magic of course in there and they love all the, everything they, so they just get so excited before it even starts and then you know in the evenings and at different times we have family audiences which because they have adults in them more than the school audiences they just get catch a different side of the show which for me is kind of where it's at because I'm, I'm more into the the wordplay and the kind of meta humor i don't want to overcomplicate it but that kind of um looking at itself kind of uh humor that subverts the form a wee bit i've been playing with that and and the adult audiences tend to react uh, more favorably to that the uh, the young people in the schools they don't really care if you're commenting on the form but if you've got a really tall hat uh, or you're dressed as a goat they're loving it they love that so uh, you've got to play to your audience and when those school audiences are in it becomes a different show, you know, which is a good little challenge to just uh, notice what, what it is that the audience are reacting to and what bits are they not bothered about. And it's about, you know, focus on the bits that they're, they're getting into, I suppose. Having said that, w- I'm coming to the end of two days off, so I've not done the show in a couple of days, which seems weird. Um, and I had many, many ambitions. Oh, I was going to do all sorts of things. I was going to be going to the cinema and seeing loads of films, meeting up with various people. And I've done pretty much none of it. I've had lots of sleep. And lots of rest and apart from that very little very little um working on the podcast a wee bit of course but then as of tomorrow it's two shows most days uh until beyond christmas and new year and then i've got wee millie who has been with us for the past week she's been sort of theater mascot she's got everyone gathered around her. everybody wants to pay attention to her which she just loves she's a dog that likes human contact human company So she's in her element really, she's living here with me and and Richard who is my roommate slash landlord and his dog Fergus who loves Millie, can't wait to play with her and Millie is aloof let's say, she's not particularly interested in Fergus but she loves going to the theatre, she gets to hang out in the green room, she gets to cuddle people on the couch, she gets to hang out stage door, loads of people want to take her for a walk, loads of people want to give her attention and and loads of people want to feed her which I have to watch because she ends up eating so so many things in the space of a day, it's getting out of control. Anyway, she'll be with me for a few more days and uh, then on Thursday she'll she'll head back home and she'll be back in Glasgow and, you know, who knows, she'll get to relax a bit, but she'll be back to her wee pal Maggie who will annoy her probably just as much as Fergus does, I don't know, she's getting crotchety in her old age, I'm okay with that, I'm getting a bit crotchety in my old age too, so I'm working with that, maybe, she, maybe she's picked it up from me, maybe I picked it up from her, I don't know what's going on, anyway... As you know, Louise McCarthy is about to come on a star of Mamma Mia in the West End of London. She's worked with the National Theatre of Scotland. She's been on TV quite a bit. You'll recognise her when you see her. Also been a mainstay of the Tron Panto for many years. Uh, and now, as I say, the Clyde Auditorium, the Dolls, it's just, it's gone from strength to strength with Louise's career. So, it's great to have her on the show. It's, it's a lovely, lovely conversation. A few laughs. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed having it and... Uh, here she is, Louise McCarthy with me, and we are Putting It Together.
1: I was admiring your uh, your rack of uh, attire. Is that... Um, yeah. It's like different shirts to have a different shirt for each person you interview <laughs>
0: i don't i don't have it on show for that reason. it's not deliberate no it's actually it's overflow wardrobe
1: oh right because i was going to ask you what one did you have on for tom murray <laughs> they are nice shirts though
0: he might the thing is the timeline he might not have been on the show yet when this goes out ah, right,
1: are you okay. giving that away no sorry i'll keep my eyes shut but very nice attire like your shirt Brian.
0: right so i, I guess uh when we first worked together, if you can call it that, yes, I'm probably basically doing the same thing now as I was then, just making up my own we, just making my own luck.
1: Yeah, well, you were always a man of tasks. I think you like the task. I always go, <laughs> yeah. "What's Brian up to this week?" Well, this week I'm organising all the CDs in my house, and you were like, "All right, Brian, okay, no bother." You always had tasks. Really,
0: of... organising my CDs? I don't yeah. know.
1: I don't know. I'm slightly making that up, but you know what I mean. You had you always like had like a new thing that you were into. It was like
0: oh yeah, a new obsession, a yeah. new
1: obsession. Yeah.
0: Do you remember the sketch show?
1: Yes, very briefly. Yeah. Who were you doing that way again? Andy. Yes, that's right. The two years we're getting together. No, you did. You always had something like that was going to absolutely be your next project. This is the way, and this is this is what I'm going to do. This is this is what my calling is. Until next week. <laughs> Until next week. And did you, you have that? Change. I think I still have that
0: do you yeah and then you drop it and it, so you get obsessed and you get the idea in your head
1: aye one minute you want to be well I don't know I was like when I first started oh I'm going to do musicals and then it was like no I'm going to be a serious actor and then it was like nah I'm going to do a bit of comedy <laughs> do you think and, it'll change again oh it's already changing
0: <laughs> what will it be next
1: probably I don't know a more or something
0: a more <laughs> alright oh, so not just acting <laughs> yeah, jobs yeah okay. oh,
1: it can be adding, it can be adding, but it, I don't know yeah just swapping all the time new obsessions maybe yeah. it's just the way we're built
0: so I suppose you, if I could go into the timeline very briefly, mm-hmm. you did do that musical thing. Was that like that was the first? That was the first thing you thought you were going to do on the path. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I think I think. Well, I came on the path very late. You were on the path much earlier than me. I didn't come to the kind of acting game until very late on because. Well, it was, do you remember Cassie Egan?
0: I do. Yes. <laughs> so
1: she was in my class at school, and she obviously went to uh, the oh. same drama club, and she was like, There's loads of hot boys, and I was You're like, You're kidding, no. And I was like, I'm gonna to go to that, I'm chucking brownies, I'm turning up at this thing. And there was loads of hot boys, <laughs> and that's how it started. And who, then who it, were they? Um, you, Michael Martin, <laughs> um, who else? I there was laugh. Big Derek Pinkerton.
0: Oh, Derek, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He was a big, he was a big, good looking boy, so it started for that. And then <laughs> they were all into musicals, so I was like. I'm going to do musicals because everybody in my club does musicals. So
0: That I did not know that. No, that that I Well you, I mean, you say you came to it late as if you know, you were like Liz Smith at fifty five, you started <laughs> acting. I mean you were you were about 15, Aye, fifteen. But we'd all been there like, you know, pounding the pounding the, the, the boards. boards since we were seven or eight.
1: Uh huh. And then Big Cassie Egan says Mona Long. You might get a winch at the end of the night, and I was like, "I'm in."
0: And you did, damn it!
1: <laughs> I get I I for you at
0: one point. There was a, there was a few. I might have been one of them, but it was a few.
1: Well, you've got it, Brian.
0: It's a very romantic thing, though. Being even when you're that is like seeing backstage, and there's ah. a there's a buzz about it that you don't have at school or no, that's attractive, isn't it?
1: Of course, and it was it like is. being adults early.
0: That's it, because we were we were in charge of things. Like once we get into showtime.
1: Yeah, you were. It was you like, kind of
0: had to be on time for your own cues. Nobody was telling you what to do. No. Which is kind of nice.
1: Yeah, but I think we grew up, because even if I think back now, like fourteen, fifteen, I remember us going to mental parties and all that. Like, Aye. I don't think that would be allowed now.
0: Well, I never did any of that. You know, my pals used to go, go to the park and, you know, at night or, or you know, hang about on a street or so. I never did it, not even once. But no. always I was looking for an opportunity to go to a party with. Somebody from Spotlight. It's weird, isn't it? And phoning up my mom and dad, you know. I had no, their parents will be there. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Here's the number. Yeah, right. Na- Not
0: They had an empty, I which remember. is now called a gaff. Have you heard this?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard this. They go to go a gaff.
0: <sighs> Not just so. It, this is my gaff that we're in right now. But also, <laughs> if I had a party, it would be a gaff. That's bizarre to me.
1: But that's the same thing. But wh- I, I think empties it. get a much better.
0: Empty ring explains it. what it is. I the house is empty, so let's go and fill it.
1: There's a play called Empty, isn't there? Maybe Kathy Ford. Ah, there's a play called Kathy Empty. Ford? I think it's Kathy Ford. I'm I not met sure. Her recently, I'm, might be wrong.
0: I did a Q and A with Kathy Ford recently. Anyway, that's that's.
1: But she wrote a play about young people having an empty, and it all ah. goes pretty wrong. It's really good, actually. Right? She wrote a
0: play called Supply about a, a supply teacher who had a one-hit wonder like ten years before, and when he comes in to teach the class they recognise him or something happens and they end up looking up his video on YouTube for his one hit wonder and, and <laughs> talking to him about it. It's good. It was good. But the, the, the I directed it at Coat Bridge. We were working there at the same time.
1: So you must have been doing Supply at the same uh-huh, time. When you were
0: doing Witches like? Eastwick? Yeah. yeah. So there's two girls and, and one boy in this. Two girls are the school girls and the boy is the teacher, right? Uh-huh. And uh, one of the girls okay. said to me, I'll never forget this. I've actually got a recording of it because I made her repeat it for a recording. She went, we're talking about Michael Jackson. We got into pop music, whatever, because of the, the play. And she goes, I'll never forget the night Michael Jackson died. You know, when when they're really serious. I'll never I'll never forget it. Because I phoned up. <laughs> Honestly, right. She was dead serious, this girl. I, phoned, I can't say it. I have sent this recording to so many people. I can't believe I'm not sharing it with you. No i never forget the night Michael Jackson died she says I phoned up Pizza Hut in Airdrie <laughs> and I said do you deliver? can you do a delivery? and they went no and she said how is that because Michael Jackson died and they <laughs> went no I we just don't deliver so I got a Chinese <laughs> <laughs> that oh my was, God. that's her memory
1: but they go, What's oh it's called Michael
0: Jackson you're <laughs> ringing out, <aren't> you? nope <laughs> like what as if as if they did deliver all the time and then that night they went guys we no
1: I thought you were not going tonight. to get go, an old joke there. Do you deliver? No, I'm del- <laughs> chicken
0: and fish. I'm chicken and fish. No, this is a genuine story. And when I got, she didn't say the Chinese thing the first time, which I thought was a brilliant punchline. Like, it's funny all the way through. But
1: then
0: that just... That's a little tag. So when, when I picked my phone on record and she said it again, she went, no, we just don't deliver. And then she just, I just waited to leave a bit of silence. She went, so I got a Chinese instead. And I was like, you're a comic genius. Brilliant. That tag just came out of nowhere. Did you not steal it off or write it down? Oh, well, I've got the recording. I've still got it. <laughs> I have to search my phone the night Michael Jackson died to find it.
1: And just listen to it just to cheer you up.
0: Yeah. So you did the musical thing because you went to Arts Ed and you was it? All, were you like fully into the you were I, like one of those people or were you ever did you ever feel you were on the outskirts of it or something?
1: I think at first I was fully into it. Because yeah. it was that thing, it's it, it got a hold of me. So even though the reasons for going was young men. Um, <laughs> That's probably more common than we know. But eventually it did, it, it got a hold of you. And I think I discovered something about myself that, I, well, it's not something you find in your room. Can you sing? Can you dance? Can you act? I don't even know if I can do any of those things.
0: I think but, we, we've proved to this point that you can to but, some
1: degree. But <laughs> what you kind of do is you find yourself in a place surrounded by people whose interests then become yours so
0: yeah so you share something so
1: you share something and then it was it was also a discovery of something I go I don't think I would have found it and because I did I go oh my god I think this was the thing that probably you were looking for all the time because I didn't know what I wanted to do I remember being really Mm -hmm. 14 going my sister knew she wanted to be a doctor there was people in my life that really knew what they wanted to do and I remember going oh my god what am I going to do like I don't mm-hmm. even like school. Like, it was just, it was really, so it came at the right time. But you were
0: quite good at school, weren't you?
1: Yeah, no, I was not you bad. Yeah, good,
0: good results and all that.
1: Good re- naughty, but good results.
0: Mm.
1: But in a nice, I wasn't like rude.
0: No, like cheeky eye. Yeah. Yeah, I was that. I was always in trouble for being a bit bold. But you not, smart? Not smart bad. bum? Yeah, smart arse, yeah. But, but I, the thing about that is I couldn't, I could never understand. See, when my parents around day said to me, don't be cheeky. I couldn't get what I had done wrong. That was the thing. My Not. perception of what was cheeky, I was like, what? Like, I was, like one time I was in school <laughs> and it, it, something happened, the teacher had to go somewhere or whatever. And they, I don't know if you ever got this, but they took our class and they split us into maybe five groups. And they said, right, you 10 are going to go, or you five are going to go with this class. Yeah. And we, we got spread out among the school. So we, I was in a group that ended up two years above or something like that. Primary seven, right? Say I was in primary five. Yeah. And we had to just sit and kind of try and take part or whatever. And of course it was a bit ahead of us that was exciting for me like i always wanted to know what was next and the teacher said something and i shouted out the answer and she said oh very clever mr o'sullivan would you like to come up here and teach the class now i thought that was an invitation to role play like i'd love to pretend to be a teacher like i'll pretend to be like i put my cardigan over my shoulders and wipe the board or something and i went yeah and she went you're a very bold boy mr o'sullivan i was like and then i couldn't understand i was like I thought you said, do you want to come up and teach a class? But I
1: think you're quite a literal person. You take things really literal. Do you think yeah. so? Yeah, you can be quite literal. It's like, okay, I will teach a class. Whereas I'd go, she's setting me up here.
0: <laughs> she's setting me up to fail. She's right? setting
1: me up to give me a show up in front of me. But you would go, I was like, no, I'll turn that around in you.
0: I did. It was, wasn't calculated, but I was like, that sounds fun. I'll do that. Because <laughs> I, like I like to make believe, you know. Well, that's it. Why not? So you did the musical thing? Yeah. You did the whole West End thing?
1: Yeah. You? Yeah, I went into uh, Mamma Mia, kind of pretty much out of college, which was amazing, really exciting, and that's just one of those things you go, you'll never forget it. Yeah. And I was doing it with another Scottish girl at the time from Glasgow, a girl called Miriam Elwell Sutton, I don't know if you know her.
0: No, I don't think I do.
1: She was in my year at Arts Ed, and she was from uh, the south side of Glasgow, right. and obviously I'm from Mary Hill, Kelvin Dale kind of area. and the two years I remember just... Standing behind it. it's like they called it a jetty and they had the because it's obviously set in Greece, so it's like you stand behind this little kind of
0: oh, yeah, Greek
1: taverna, but it's on a revolve. So
0: I remember it, yeah, I saw it in the West End years So ago.
1: we're like sitting behind it and it's like opening up. and I remember turning around to her and go, Miriam, we're fake Leska, and she went, I know, and I went, we're in the West End, and she went, I know, and then the two has popped up and went to the scene. But it'll be a moment I'll never, never forget because you do go it's like you don't deserve it I don't know if it's a Scottish thing it's like we're no allowed is a bit of that
0: yeah is it well, don't get above your station as well
1: I just remember
0: aye. don't oh, forget aye. your old arts.
1: yeah well aye? there we go maybe that could be the name of this podcast
0: <laughs> your old arts. <arse.
1: laughs> don't forget your old
0: arts. well there was talk about us doing it uh, like something to do with arts and you know like using the word arts but make it sound like ours. well there you go do you know what I mean don't discover... forget your old arts yeah I, I don't
1: that's really good why is it oh. I don't
0: know I a torch on on my phone there I like mood lighting it's um, nice
1: but yeah that was that really and then so was that
0: the first night that, that was you were the on first you, night. you said to her this is amazing
1: I remember it really really weird and actually I seen her the other day and I think that's why it's probably came in back into ah, my head because right, I remember okay. when I seen her the other day I went god we've shared something that I've not shared with anybody else it's really bizarre and it's like that thing you yeah. just go me and you came to that moment in our lives at the exact same time and had the same realisation at the exact moment and mm-hmm. going bloody hell this shouldn't happen to folk like us
0: but it should well it, yeah of and course it did
1: but at that point but you that's are, weird
0: isn't it that we have that built into our consciousness no I, this shouldn't no
1: but I think it's a I think it's a Scottish thing It's
0: there definitely is an element of that I think because I think people don't when they see other people doing well there's a Scottish thing it's like oh aye Look at him. She's fair Wait made of not she? Oh, uh, she's just a wee <laughs> Glaswegian lassie bear face-washed, you know?
1: No, but it's weird because I- give it- English people don't and Americans don't. And actually, I talk to my man about this quite a lot cause he's a bass player, so he does, like, right. art stuff. And he's like, why don't we have this attitude... That kinda British people have and American have of this kinda like go get, high confidence, you know, believe in the power of putting it out there, the secret, all that kind of shit. I don't really love all that, but
0: No, but then there's, there's the American to be dream, said isn't there? Yeah, we doing... there's
1: something to be said for it.
0: I think there's something to be said for um <clears throat> speaking like speaking clearly about what it is that you're capable of. Like not playing yourself down.
1: But that's an impossibility. F- for a West Coast, do you know what I mean, a West Coast Scotland
0: person? I'm practising it. I told you the other day, we, we were in that audition together, when I went in, he said, I said, so do you want me to play the accordion? Because I brought it with me, I always just bring it, because yeah. it's unusual, you know, and of it course. gets me in the door for things. And he said, no, no, we're kind of short on time. And I said, at the end, I went, I can play the accordion a wee bit, just quietly. <laughs> and he went, mm, no. And he's kind of awkward, and I went, well, t- okay, I'll just go, um, just so you know, I can play the accordion and I'm good okay I'll see you later see it and I thought look I've got two minutes to talk to the people totally why not tell them
1: well there's that have you seen that thing on Netflix it's the chorus line it's based on the oh, dishes for yeah, chorus line it's brilliant and the guy says it's my five minutes so the audition is going in it's not the panel the, the guy who's auditioning for Paul or whatever the it's the role his is. five he went it's my five minutes yeah and actually you have to hand them over to me and I'll do what I want in that five minutes because they belong to me and actually you're looking for somebody to fulfill that role and I'm have to give you the best possible version of myself to prove that i can absolutely and you go there's something to be said about them but yet we go and go hi oh, yeah love to meet you oh i can you know no don't worry but no no pushing my shit mate. it's fine don't
0: worry. <laughs> yeah it's trying to say exactly what you think they want to hear which uh-huh. is oh it's just ghastly it's horrible cringe Blech. but that doesn't get easier does it i don't know i think i think it does a wee bit but it's it doesn't get any less nerve-wracking
1: no how no. long did you do in mama mia I did a year and then I came back for a bit. Um, They kind of, a lot of time, they have people off sick and they call it swings and different things like that. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there was a point where somebody was not well or I can't I can't even really remember. And they were doing X Factor and they had a couple of, they do a lot of live things. So they did X Factor and then they did the Elton John
0: okay. uh, AIDS Foundation
1: at Albert Hall. Right. So I went back and slightly dived in again to do kind of like corporate stuff with oh, the same company.
0: Oh, I see. So they had like a double company or other people running about doing the same. Kind of. It was like if, if people were on,
1: like, you know, the, the new cast couldn't do certain things. Sometimes they'd phone you back and come and do a couple of wee bits. So oh, I kind enough. of went back for wee bits like that. But aye, it was great.
0: So then, at that, was there a point that then when you said to yourself, oh, maybe the musical thing isn't what I want to pursue or what?
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, there I, was? Oh, I think it was about three months in. I didn't realise you had to copy somebody before you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Particularly with a big hit like that, eh?
1: Aye, and I, it was like... not ai don't mean that in a, a, a bad sense, but it, it's like a McDonald's. It's a franchise of itself, so mm-hmm. you have to do the same show that was originally done. And obviously, you know, creatively, a choreographer's done that, they move, so you have to do that the same. I knew all that, Yeah, but I think it was as the characters, where you stand, how you develop the scene. Wow. Was... A little bit for me, paint by numbers because yeah. they were. Sorry, I keep hitting your computer. They keep, um, they keep it as a, a franchise, which I, I understand why. But as a person trying to be a creative and going, oh, what if we did it like that? And that's quite. It's not like shut down. Like they're not cruel about mm-hmm. it. They just go. This is how this machine works.
0: Well, the thing is, if it worked, if it has been working, why would they change it? Yeah, they didn't change it.
1: So you understand why they want you to do that, but in the same breath, there's a part of you that goes oh i like playing at shops do you know what i mean yeah because <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. that's essentially what we do we do we play at houses, we play at shops play at mum
0: but it's different every time when you play houses of course do you know and you go oh, make it this happens and that's the fun isn't it you go this time whatever yep. you know the bus broke down aha uh-huh. uh-huh. did you used to make up names when you played houses like for yourself oh totally Say, i'm going to be did you have the same name we had the same names for periods of time when we were
1: oh did you we changed our favorite one was olden days did you ever play olden Days?
0: no nah, we were always cu- current we were always up to the minute oh we
1: were olden days olden days, days did you i like washing in a bucket and all that. outside but oh. i i took it far too far <laughs> but you go that's i suppose maybe that's an actor i just wanted to take it to the fucking extremes
0: the full experience
1: the full shebang
0: well we did i was alistair jackson i remember for years was that your name like whenever we played you know <laughs> i liked jackson because i liked michael jackson <laughs> <laughs> and alistair, i don't know where i got alistair from but it, jobs I've done recently, I've got talking to people about doing shows as a kid, like making up my own shows and stuff. I thought everybody did that. Like all actors. I thought all actors were obsessed. Are they not? They're not. How are they not? I don't know. It's weird to me, but they were all like, you did what? Because I had the theater in the loft of the house. <laughs> there were curtains and scenes and, you know, I was building things and I had lights and lamps everywhere. And,
1: but and why they didn't like, they do that? Did you really do that? that? was weird. Did you ever play at radio stations? Oh, kind of like what we're doing now. Are but... you
0: kidding? This is what I'm doing. Did you ever play it though? Yeah, do you know what? There's a tape. I've got it here. <laughs> I haven't found I haven't found a working tape deck yet, but this is Brian 2. It's a tape of mine. Because I got, I, when my first tape player I got, there it is. That's amazing. First tape player I ever got for, when I was five. My mum and dad gave me three tapes that I could record on two, three 60-minute cassette tapes with it and Brian too survives to this day and it's got I think some of my old radio shows on it and I'm hoping to use oh, some of the jingle
1: please can we can we do a day where we come and listen to it and Absolutely. I'll bring mine
0: oh have you got yours as well I used to
1: do one with Nicola Doherty get in my class at scale and we would be news reporters Brilliant. and would make up fake news in Glasgow
0: <laughs> that's great I had a guest on mine a Jamaican fella called Kingsley Bohombo I remember it. I remember it vividly. It was just me. Obviously, it was just me. So, what do you make of... And I don't know what he was talking about. I think he was a musician. So, your new single's coming <laughs> out soon. Yes, man. And all this. He yeah, tried to make an accent at about seven years old. Uh, and then he sang a song. I, don't, I can't remember. Unaccompanied. Acapella, Kingsley Humble.": Oh, my God. So, really, it's no different. I just got slightly more expensive equipment now.
1: That's it. Your big show mics. But then you go, but it is. It's all playing, isn't it? Um, Acting is.
0: Playing. That's it, and pretending, and mm-hmm. do we just? <sighs> but then other kids do that, and then don't become actors. Everyone plays. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, maybe there's a level you play to a point, and then when you if get it... beyond that, you
0: go. They're we... just gonna be playing for the rest of their lives. These just Actors. I don't know. How can we get? We can't get rid of it now. I don't so, know. So I'm gonna just jump back now. Yeah, sorry. S- s- Keep... No, no, no. Please don't apologize. You did those after those first three months. You're starting to think, wait a minute, Sausage Factory. Yeah. So then you come home and. You start, you start to have a, like a rethink, or what?
1: Well, when I first came out, I didn't come home straight away. I uh, was working as a waitress in uh, Balance, which is kind of like a a kind of chain restaurant in mm-hmm. London. And I was working there, and I couldn't get arrested for about two years. I could right. not get a job for love nor money. I think I'd, I was still going up for musicals, but obviously, I I think in my heart I'd lost my mojo about it. Yep. So even though you were going up for them, I wasn't particularly. Going, this is really what I want to do. It was a real weird. It was a weird. It was probably the weirdest time Mm -hmm. because I didn't realise that I, because when you were getting, a know they were still really, really sore. But I also didn't realise that maybe I didn't want to do that. If you know what I mean, I hadn't quite got. I hadn't quite got myself clear enough to go. Why am I still doing something I don't really particularly want to do? Okay. But I didn't. I couldn't see an alternative, so I kept in that wheel. If you know what I mean, kept in that wheel for about two years. And it was pretty grim.
0: But people do that. They stay in jobs for years and, and that's the equivalent. Yeah. Even if you're not working, you're staying in the industry of it yeah. trying to get a, a job. Oh, uh-huh, totally. And not realising that you actually want out.
1: Yeah, or you wanted, to, or I wanted to do something else. I, could, I, I didn't quite get myself clear. Mm-hmm. I felt that at three months, but just thought, oh, this is probably just what you get with doing a job for such a long time or this is what you get with being in the one company. or Yeah. So I think I hadn't really. So I... I'd chased it, a wee bit of hamster's cage in a ball kind of thing, just going round and round and round and, you know, getting close, not getting anywhere, all that. And I just went, "Mm, I don't think I can do it anymore. And I thought I'll go home and reevaluate, and come back to Glasgow and just see see my family, have a bit of time at home and just try and find my bearings again because I just didn't know. And then when I did come back, I it wasn't that long into it actually that I went I think I want to do straight acting right but I, I had a pure fear because I hadn't trained necessarily yeah and well, you get a little bit of acting but I don't know But like, what your training was like But in, in a musical theatre school it was literally here's a page read it there was no other technique you don't get mice now you don't get you don't oh get really n- no you don't get none of that <gasps> a little bit or a wee nod to it
0: there's more focus on the singing and dancing. Oh,
1: it's singing and dancing and the acting is the third thing that they, well, in my time, that they cared about, really.
0: Is it? Is it because they think that realistically most people are going to end up in the chorus? Is that a big jump?
1: I don't know, because art, arts is quite a dance place in a lot of ways, and I wasn't particularly a dancer by any stretch of my own. But um, I don't know if that was maybe... I think I went at a transition point, because I think it used to be a real chorus um kind of college and then when i went it started to produce a lot of leads and i think they didn't quite
0: they were in a tr- change. They were in a
1: transition period now i hear the acting i mean the acting wasn't i feel like i'm slagging them it wasn't it just wasn't given any kind of weight that i think it does now now it's really popular to be an actor musical you know that's
0: yeah it's more trend i suppose isn't it Theatre's fashion yeah yeah that's true so
1: at that point i don't think being an actor was fashionable uh-huh. If you're in musical theatre, it was like, can you sing the really big notes and cut your like it wasn't fashionable what you do singing through song, acting through song. Sorry,
0: but musicals are are grittier if you like now than they were then. So that's 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 in line with that change, isn't it? Yeah. Like story, very story driven. Like Dear Evan Hansen and stuff, yes. for example, is like all about story. That's beautiful it. music, but it's like it's drama mm-hmm. storytelling.
1: And people stopped, not not stop caring about like big massive singers, but people really wanted. There's nothing better than someone acting their socks off. I don't really mind if they miss a note if I believe every single yeah. part of it. And I think, well, it's fashion, it is, it's fashion.
0: Yeah, that's true, that's true. So then it's what was the what was the first job that was on the next path, if you like?
1: So i kinda of said to Major, don't put me up for musicals. Let's take it off the C V. Let's oh, right, okay. because I couldn't get in a door in Scotland because a lot of people thought you were tits and teeth yeah and that was actually said to me you don't
0: go for a lot of musicals in scotland anyway no you won't show up at a lot of musical auditions
1: never and it was said to me because men should week came up right. um which was it ended up being the next job but to try and get in the door i remember saying to my agent i think i can do this because i remember reading it at uh, school it was part of the curriculum yes so i was like i could totally play jenny like can i get seen for this and they were like yep we'll try and get you in and the NTS came back and I'm not slagging them because Graham McLaren will tell you your face. He was like, absolutely not. She's tits and teeth. I'm not interested. I'm looking for gritty. I'm looking for, yep. you know, authentic. And I think at the time, my agents are really, really good. They were like, no, you, you need to see her. like, And they told some stupid, mad story about me chasing a guy at a restaurant, which is a true story. And he went, okay, I'll see her. Cause
0: oh you mean like in real life she's got that kind of She's got thing that, that you're looking for, Yeah which okay. actually
1: makes my agent a really really good agent Because they went look okay I'm Get getting the that the CV Represents something else But yeah. as Louise McCarthy is a person This is a little example of Who she is and I think that You know it could bring something so he went Alright then bring her in And so evidently ended up in that And that was a mm-hmm. turning point for me because I went Yes it was like a, a door had opened A light bulb had went off And he's a phenomenal director yes so good that he made me want to be better at my job
0: that's the whole game isn't yeah, it yeah really? of course
1: and he taught me things and things that i just thought my god it was honestly it was like a whole world it was like willy wonka's chocolate factory doors had opened and i went oh my god i did do the wrong thing all the time in that moment of not being in work was for a reason and it was like if we puzzles yeah, yeah, yeah. went in place
0: did it did it did rack man and i Man enough. There you go, Willy Wonka. Love that. So that that's amazing to come from Mamma Mia, you know, if you just take out the middle bit and just go, Mamma Mia, Men Should Weep, N T S Yeah, that's the truth. It was a <laughs> middle bit. How what was the kind of context of that Men Should Weep? Was it a big tour or was it sitting somewhere for a while or
1: Um it toured. So it toured all around. Um it started the sits for a good bit. So right. it did the sits I think for about four weeks and then we went on like a a big kind uh, of oh, nice. Scottish tour, um, which was amazing. I got to play places that you never thought you could play. And you play the sets to play your own theatre. Yeah.
0: The sets does have a feeling of home for people like us, I think.
1: Oh, I don't know. There's something about that building. It's just magical.
0: There is a magic there. I think one of the things about the sets I find is like, <coughs> you can't go to the sets without bumping into 14 people that you know. Yeah. And sometimes and I love that. And know?
1: sometimes not actors. Sometimes I walk into the sets and there's my granny's pal
0: there's real people there uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> not that actors are real people let's not get too much into <laughs> no that where. but like people go to that theatre and the people who live theater? nearby and stuff which I love is that their aim is to try and get those people to, to, to see if they want to to see theatre mm-hmm. it's cool
1: no it's great so it was yeah a wee, a wee box ticked off the bucket list
0: and then the NTS and that was re- relatively early days of NTS then
1: yeah I had like a
0: few years in but
1: few years in Vicky was still there and uh-huh. uh, John Tiffany was still there um and I think kind of towards the end that's when they were starting to peel off so it had been going about seven years I want to say for that right, point
0: okay. saying relatively early is not quite right but
1: or oh, maybe it was I don't know
0: I don't know Um. so then is there another I suppose as you said there's a sort of a, a further transition at some point where you go wait a minute comedy yeah because that's I wouldn't say that's how I saw you in terms of a performer when we were growing up yeah because that's not how you were portrayed and it's not how you were cast. No. And yet, personally, you've always been this kind of like vivacious, gritty, funny person. So yeah, I don't think <laughs> your casting bracket didn't reflect that when you were younger. Like you've said, you got put in almost to this musical theatre mould and you, maybe slightly against your will or you didn't realise or something.
1: Yeah, I think it was just circumstantial.
0: I suppose it all just, things just happen. But do you think there was a, was there a moment where you thought, hey, comedy, like Back to roots or what?
1: No, because I never found my, I never thought I was a funny person or you know, come As you say, I was never when I looked at plays or I looked at musicals or things that were going on. You know, you you do that fantasizing. You do you cast yourself in things and go, what would I play? All the time. And you know, mine's I was never I would never have cast myself in a comedy, which is really weird. So in some respects, I go, have I really? I don't know myself at all, or mm. do I have a really what vision of myself? And it's that question: How do other people see you, and how do you see yourself? Yeah, which is probably a whole other podcast
0: oh god yeah that's the Freudian you have to lie on the couch for that one
1: yeah but I, I don't know I think what happened was is that I don't know it was it came out of being skint really and it was that so thing. many things do I know and it was that thing of going I remember my sister saying to me I think you should do comedy I think she says she found me quite funny but I don't know why. <laughs> And she went. I think comedy's yeah because it was that thing you came out of. made sure You're at that kind of place again, right? Okay, I've done the acting. I've done the musical. Right? Who am I next? <laughs> what will I do That's next? That's that
0: done. Those things are done.
1: Yeah, but you kind of go. They might never phone me again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. you, oh did yeah. you do. Is you paranoid that you've done a rubbish job. But you, you didn't. But that thing, I go. Right. They might never phone me again. So what can I do next? And what can I achieve next? Like, right, Maybe I'll do about comedy. And then my sister went. Oh no. I think you. I think you'd be all right at that. And then, yeah. I don't know.
0: So what happened in terms of work? That. It in
1: terms of work, um, well, I, I was doing Ordamores, and so I was starting to kind of get, you know, jobs coming in and get a, a reputation for myself here, you know, yeah. as a, as an actor because I didn't train here and nobody really knew me. So it was all about trying to get in at the Ordamore, get in at NCS, all these kind of companies so that people knew that you existed here. Well,
0: and that's the whole game, isn't it? Totally. Especially here.
1: And because you trained somewhere else, you were like, well, nobody will know me for the academy. Nobody will know me coming up as kind of like a young pup.
0: Mm hmm. Gamta though.
1: Well Gamta, but they're like weird legends in their own right.
0: Well we just get caught spotlight.
1: <laughs> I know it's weird, is not it? I still call it Spotlight. Three pounds at a door.
0: Did you pay three pounds at Spotlight? Three
1: pounds at a door and we did ballet in the back of a chair.
0: I remember five pounds. You had to start, your name got oh. called and you had to take take your five pound up to the desk.
1: Oh was it a five pound? Maybe it was a five. Oh
0: no, I mean there were there were periods. Anyway, it's Gamta now and it's very serious.
1: Very serious.
0: Do you put it is it on your C V?
1: Um, is it?
0: to give you some glasgow kind of training yeah i cred. think it
1: is i think i've got everything that i've ever done yeah sure on, it though. is well it's part of who you are and what you are and mm-hmm. what made you now,
0: I, I also have... trained you in panto didn't it oh my Spot, god your spotlight stage school days were, were panto days
1: Like it, mine. i think it's the main basis to your
0: training is that panto we were talking about this the other day and how yeah
1: you know it's definitely shaped me to be who i am as a performer and I've got a lot to thank that school for because I would never have done this as a job had I not went there.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Never. I don't think I ever would. I think <laughs> I'd have been a probably like a karaoke singer, like a struggle what's with the right, yeah, closet yeah. performer.
0: Yeah. Like doing club circuits and whatnot. Aye. It's tough, you know, but then the, the whole, the whole panto thing is an interesting argument because it gets a, in some places it gets a bad rep, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Oh, just it's just a panto. You hear that, don't you? It's just a, panto. Just I a think, panto. No way, man. Try doing it.
1: I think it's a the hardest thing you'll ever physically do oh, as a performer. Not. What a challenge. And you know, the length of time you do it into what energy it's harder than an eight show a week musical. Mm-hmm. Defo. Definitely.
0: And and that, that thing that comes from the audience that you don't get in other shows. That particular feeling that a panto audience has, they're in a state of mind that isn't similar. No. To people going to see a musical, it's a time of year, mm-hmm. and they know some people on the stage. They feel like they know them personally. Totally. You know, like how many kids? I mean, for me as an example, like I felt like Gerard Kelly kind of lived at the Kings, and I would go and see him every year. And it,
1: you thought you never left that
0: building at night? Yeah, and I kind of whatever that <laughs> character was that he played, I kind of because it was the same every year. I felt like I sort of knew that guy. Of course. It was comforting. It's kind of like listening to Terry Wogan on the radio or something. It was just there. It was an institution. It you was know what warming. You're getting. Yeah. That's not easy to do. No. To keep up, you know.
1: No, and also you have interest and people still want to come back and see you because, especially now, the world is fast as you know, as fast as anything. Yeah, I go, how do you maintain that? Because that's the hardest thing now. Like, People used to watch these programmes and go and see pantos for years and see the same person, but everybody wants everything so fast now and you go... Well,
0: th- things change so quickly.
1: So quickly. And it's like, oh, well, they sold 14 tickets in the pantos, so we'll get a new name for the new one because, you know, we're, I'm yeah, like,
0: yeah.
1: I think people are crying out for for, nostalgia.
0: Yeah, and some longevity over, you know, things absolutely. over a period of time.
1: And he, he did that but absolutely amazingly.
0: there's a trend going things come full circle i think and what i've noticed recently is that things we're getting used to seeing longer things again not just in theater but although we are because we're seeing things over multiple Mm parts. angels in america the james plays um wrestle's house trilogy yeah and then we're into box sets and binging and you know episode after episode after episode so we're getting and we've come full circle Uh because we used to bite size we were all bite size weren't we in the early
1: 2000s yeah totally and it's all came back round.
0: is that is that a good thing for theater do you think
1: I think so because I miss watching a story. We I, mean, I was talking about this the other day and there's, well, there's amazing theatre about. There's a lot of theatre that I think is really clever and really amazing and uses like, you know, really amazing technology to achieve mm-hmm. different things. But I think it's getting to the point we've seen these things and they are amazing and they have a place. Absolutely. But I just want to sit and watch a story. Yeah that tells me a story, I feel something, I go through an emotion or I go through a journey with whoever it is that's telling me that story and I come out the theatre and go, I had a brilliant night, I really enjoyed that. Whereas a lot of the yeah. time recently it's like, oh God, it was so technically challenged and oh yeah, sorry yeah. I've knocked that off. Or oh, it was so um, you know, pushed to the extremes of yeah, how far were f- can we
0: push? And f- flying and videos and Yeah. You know, fancy fancy effects.
1: I what a story. Like people people are getting nostalgic. Like we were talking about this as well, like I miss good soaps. remember Brookside, Trevor Dor, Trevor Jordash under the patio. Amazing story, yeah. but it's just a general story about real life. Yeah, I think the true. world want that now.
0: I think you're totally right, and I think there's a fusion, isn't there, of of, of all those fantastic technologies. Panto's a good example of that yeah. because you go and see a modern panto, and there is, you know, you do get like 3D effects, and you get lots of smoke and bang and different things, and great music. That's that's more than just the people in the pit. There's technology involved in that. But at the heart of it, it's still like daft jokes about the chicken crossing the road or routines about Absolutely. I'm, not a, I'm not a pheasant plucker and all this carry on. Oh, but it's all n- still good stuff.
1: It has to be because we were doing one just that you're thinking that, it, but it's 3D and it is all that. And I went, oh God, does that take over from what the panel is? And that's our job is the to actors, the director, to not let it yeah. because there is a place for it. And yeah. it's amazing to see that, but you have to marry both worlds. And I think people miss that.
0: Totally, and throwing those things at anything doesn't equal success. No, like you know, I've been to see pantos. I won't name them, but where name them? Uh, the Pavilion. Everything. <laughs> you. Know, <laughs> it's fine. Oh, blessed. I know. I. I'm, well, let's not get into the whole thing, but no. You sit there, and the thing starts, and it's like this onslaught of of just noise and mm-hmm. color. It's like a vomit mm-hmm. of. Um, sensory, you know, um, experience. Too much of everything. Everything's 11 from the start and it's two and a half hours and it's mental.
1: I came out and I thought I'd ch- an acid.
0: Yeah, you, you <laughs> feel sick. I left at half time because I... It's I've, a sugar rush. Yeah, but you can... A sugar rush can be nice in a short... You know, like if you have a little... Done. A, <laughs> a Red Bull's nice, but you don't, you don't put like a drip of Red Bull and sit no. for three hours. You know, I just felt like... <laughs> If, if if that theatre or that company has got something, then they have to throw it at us from the very start to the very end. Lasers and noise. You don't need so, it. You've got all that stuff, yeah, but use it judiciously. Like use it a wee bit, and just you know.
1: We we'll build the man. I, I want. I want. I want teased into it. Oh, yeah. it's getting bigger. Oh no, they're going to go into a big. Di- you know, it's like it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. got to have a a journey.
0: Totally get to that point. Yeah, use it, but yeah, get to the point. I think I saw a movie. What movie did I see where it was just it was it i saw the remake of it oh now, i've seen it i talked with no authority because i am not a fan of the original i'm not interested but i just couldn't believe that within a few minutes i felt like i'd seen so much it, so much had been revealed and i was like we're not even at the credits i know now if there's a, if the clown is at the heart of that film right uh-huh. how have, why have i seen that clown before the credits I might, I might see a wee glimpse of the edge of the red wig, or a wee bit of the nose what do you in mean? the shadows. Why is it all in front of me in full colour and full daylight? So you didn't want to see the clown at all. I want to be teased.
1: <laughs> but then, oh, I know what you mean.
0: Do you know films like? now this is not a good example, but the others, right? It's a rubbish example. Yeah. But films like or M Night Shyamalan stuff, where you uh-huh. go, something just something moved slightly in the shadow there. What? What was that? Whoa! And you go, "Ah." Yeah. Know you what never you mean. quite or oh, the women in black, the stage play, yes. not the film, where there's the suggestion of and you go whoa, and of course at the end, you see her maybe once or twice in full light on the stage. But apart from that, it's just shuffles and shadows and.
1: Well, that's that's the suspense. It, but I liked that's it. That's the magic of theatre. But I liked it because, and this will tie around kind of what we're talking about. Is okay. I'll give you the thing. They've showed you the clown daylight and all that, and they've not teased you. But do you know what it did? It incorporated the. Absolute epitome of eighties 80s music, eighties 80s movies like mm-hmm. Stand by Me, The Goonies, and it brought together. I thought for the first time in ages the the kind of thing that made those movies so special, mm-hmm. and it put it in modern. And I think that's why that's why I really liked it.
0: That friendship thing that they did so yeah, well, it was yeah. like Stand
1: by Me. It was kind. Of, it was all that kind of amalgamated together. Sure, that I actually stopped thinking I was watching a horror movie, which was maybe a mistake on their part. But I took something really Ooh. enjoyable from enjoyable from it.
0: Okay, well, I think well done for your reasoned argument. Yeah, I know. I still hated it, but that's still all right. It. That's right. all right. Uh, so the, the, then, panto features heavily. We talked about that as a training. Um, you did the Tron more than once, didn't you?
1: Uh, three times I've done the Tron now.
0: Was it three in a row?
1: No, it was one one year, and then I moved to Perth, and then I came back and did two in a row.
0: Oh, so you did one at Perth.
1: Yeah. One was,
0: was that an Alan McEw as well?
1: Uh, that was an Alan McHugh, yes.
0: And all the Trons were Johnny's?
1: That's correct, yep. They're amazing. No, that's a lie. Oh no, you did another one? The ones? very first one was Johnny's. Um, mm. Then obviously I went to Perth on an Animal Q's script. And then when I came back to do the third one, it was uh, Dave... Um, David Ireland? David Ireland. Ah, so and then back to David Johnny.
0: Say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only saw the most recent one, Johnny's one. Snow Queen? Yes, yes, Good. yes. And it was amazing, it's amazing. And to see... Uh, I think it's cool. The great thing about Panto is that we've got all those traditions that we're allowed to play with. Mm-hmm. Like all those great rules that we're allowed to break. Yeah. And watching, John, watching Johnny break them in a really clever way
1: well, is a joy. Yeah. He's a proper.
0: He's a master at that.
1: Oh, a master. Yeah. I am jealous as anything of that boy's talent because you go, oh, oh it just. You just put it all together and it's everything you kind of want and more. It brings the old with the new, with the breaking of the rules, with. Original music. I really love the original
0: music. I do too. Some of that some of that old not old school, but like that great skilled musical theatre stuff being shown. I people love singing it. really well, good harmonies, good, well written songs.
1: I love it. And I like the pop thing and all that, but I kinda go sometimes they shoehorn it in and I go, It doesn't match the story. You've just put that st- It so. can be a bit easy.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, I think. And I go, Oh no If it's, it's th- good, I like if the lyrics are cleverly rewritten. Yes. That's good. Uh, I saw one at the more, and it was, um, you know that song Woman, W-O-M-A-N Yeah. And it was, I'm a woman, W-U-M-I-N Yeah. <laughs> and and then obviously all the other lyrics fit, you know, and to see Dave Anderson up in the ridiculous drag you know, you can't beat that.
1: No, you can't and it's clever and it's proper made to be slightly Glaswegian but you know using old school kind of bluesy tunes or
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Soul tunes. so many things brought together
1: but that's why I like the genre because like, it's original music it gives MDs a chance you know to actually I think it's the only thing in Scotland to actually and it, I know it's a panto but in a way it's a musical it's a the guy only writing
0: a new mu- a person sorry writing, writing a, a new, new musical. musical you don't get that so much no
1: I think it's the only which place which is sad actually, yes um,
0: and, then, and then I suppose panto brings us on fairly neatly to your big project at the minute which is the dolls yes what? How would you for someone who hadn't seen it or had any experience of it? How would you describe what this is?
1: Um, I think I would probably. It's, it's not my. It's somebody else's words, but I, I did think it was quite a good. It's kind of female Francie and Josie, right? But much more. Um, I, I'd say much much ruder. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of probably to the rude level of maybe Roy Chubby Brown, but maybe not quite as far.
0: But oh, I don't think.
1: Do you not? I think because someone says to me, "Oh, I think it's quite on the maybe not quite far on the bone as him, I mean, but we definitely yeah. take it up to the edge."
0: Yeah, I think so, but I think in a more clever way. To be honest, I wouldn't. Do you think? So? I don't oh, think it you. would be fair to compare yourself to Roy Chubby Brown. I think you're <laughs> <far> superior. <laughs> no,
1: I don't. I don't think we're, but it's that thing. You know, we will. It does. It takes you to the maybe edge of where you're. Yeah, you know, it's it's proper on the bone.
0: It makes it first. People there's a lot of times when people laugh, but there's a lot of times people go, "Oh." Uh there's a gas there's a gasping kind of laughter shock value yeah which is great fun
1: but that's what i love but and i think it's that thing of going do you do something that you really find funny or do you do something to make other people laugh Mm. and i think the secret is is in the combination because you you have to love it yeah and it's like a lot of people don't like frankie boyle because he's really on a line he's a different line from us sure the same thing but that's why i really laugh because i'm half shocked oh totally and half going that's Funny
0: because what happens is you catch yourself laughing and then you stop and you go, oh, I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, and that place is really interesting because <laughs> you go, that. that's wrong, I'm bad or something. But he's that's catching when you really laughing That's at. clever. That's real and it's visceral. And then yes. and then you stop yourself and then you're socially aware and you go, oh, I better not. I, I better not. not. So we've got to be careful. This is a, we're playing a game all the time.
1: Ah, uh, with yourself.
0: But the, you're right about. So it, it's fancy Joseph
1: type thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's how I would describe it, but you know, modern version, we're obviously two women, we're not two men. But it's still it has that nostalgic feel.
0: That you borrow from the Great Double Acts in the sense of how that relationship works.
1: Yeah, it has the same principles and the same values because there's a reason why that works. And if it's not broke, don't fix
0: Absolutely. Don't fix
1: that kind of uh, pattern or yeah. uh, what is it? I don't know, is it blue is it blueprint? Don't don't change yeah, the yeah. blueprint of it. Sure. But we've just modernised it, I think, and it's that thing i going what do women really talk about and what really makes us laugh and we're in the toilet with our girlfriends and you know the things that women say Mm -hmm. you would never have heard them say so so many years ago we can say what we want now absolutely and I think that's what me and Gail have tried to do
0: and is it, I mean obviously it's it's aimed at women yeah but it's for everybody isn't it yeah, not kids.
1: no, it's not for kids. It's but not for the kids. It's not for faint-hearted. It's not if you're easily offended.
0: But what's your audience demographic like? If you had, a look oh, it's it?
1: massive. We, we thought it would be like older people, mm-hmm. but actually, because it's quite ruckus, it's quite you know, it is on that bone that you find it lassies at sixteen because it's an over sixteens we put it as,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you find we've got we've got people coming for sixteen kid. Not kids, that's terrible. But people go fifteen. I can't wait till I'm sixteen to come and see it because really? they recognise their mums in it or their aunties, and they go, "Oh, you're stole at my auntie such and such." You're, "Oh, you're stole at my sister."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's it's observational comedy that I think demographically takes people from a young age because they recognise older people in their generation, and then it's older people recognising themselves.
0: And it's Scottishness as well, which people see and identify with. Yeah. When I was five years old, I loved Ricky Fulton, Scotch and Rye obsessed i got to watch the videos but my mum would come <laughs> and fast forward the bits you know there was always <laughs> the like two little raunchy scenes <laughs> like where so, cl- what was her name claire uh oh claire nielsen would be like in her underwear and she would say oh hello santa and she'd be doing some sexy voice and it would just be the most the daftest thing but, you and but it got fast forwarded i used to watch it we used to go down <laughs> to my auntie's house in our drawson which is where johnny's from i think oh, that's right and uh she had videos, she had double Scotch and Rye and triple Scotch and Rye, a blue one and a green one. Aww. And we go down on Christmas night. So after all our Christmas stuff was done, we yeah. get in the car and drive to our Dawson and watch the videos. And we'd stay there. They wouldn't watch them. But I, that's what I would do. Well, they would all have music on, be jumping about, drinking, smoking, and all that. I would have these big headphones. She had these big headphones, you know, with the coily, yeah, yeah, cable, yeah, cable, you know, wrapped around. Yeah. That's brilliant. Plugged into the front of the telly, and I'd sit cross-legged in front of this telly and watch it. And then in the same room as them, you know, with the headphones, and so that my mum could see when the Ronchie bit was coming on, and she'd just sit in front of me and get the remote and, <laughs> <laughs> and fast forward it for a minute. I go, so stop, stop, stop. It's the next bit. Super cop, you know, Reverend <laughs> I am Jolly. But though. Amazing. Amazing. But
1: they still work. All of those things. Yeah. It's like I know. um I was reading a, a thing about Brendan O'Carroll. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's totally tapped into that kind of world with Mrs Brown mm-hmm. Boys, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, it's amazing. But he was talking about, you know, old jokes and when 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 is it appropriate to use them and should you use them and are you ripping someone off or are you stealing? And he put it amazingly and you go... And when I watched those things as well, he was like, they are not broke. And actually, a new mm-hmm. joke can be redone. It's like a house you do your house up. You know what I mean? It's that thing. You can do it in a modern way and actually... Nothing is new
0: anymore. Well, that's, that's what Panto taps into anyway.
1: That's it. It's is a, that
0: is that stealing stealing material and, go and making it your own and turning it around and stuff. But that's it's never... a comfort
1: blanket for the people that are watching it. So not necessarily is it going, right, okay, I'm not really going to use my brain here because I don't believe that's what Brendan Carroll done. Oh, I'll just fire in all those old jokes. I think that's rubbish. I mm-hmm. think what he's done is create a comfort blanket for people who miss a certain type of theatre. Sure. And what he's done is take the jokes that you comfortably really enjoy. It's like your dad tells the same joke probably for 10 years at a party.
0: And there's joy in that.
1: And you still go...
0: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah.
1: Right? so he's put that comfort blanket around something
0: Yeah. and I yeah. think
1: actually in a way it's bloody clever
0: well the thing is you can't argue with if people love it they should be free to enjoy it absolutely I don't like it but that's kind of beside the point no stum- totally something like that.
1: it's not something that I watch every Friday I go oh I've seen it but I understand mm. why it works I
0: understand it's appeal and for I other s- people I, I would say that
1: and I think that's what essentially we've looked at and went, not just, not just him, but, you know, that, that thing, Scotch and Rye, Dorothy Paul, the steamy,
0: mm-hmm. all
1: those things, we went, how can we do it for women?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And that's kind of how the dolls came about, really.
0: You're right. And because things like Scotch and Rye were very man-centric. Mm-hmm. Well, everything has been up to a point. Rabsey and Esbit was pr- fairly man-centric, you know.
1: Yeah. Although and i think hate that, to be he that. Mary was a
0: strong character. Strong. But yeah. Not the lead. Not the lead.
1: But I don't want to be that kind of feminist thing go get women and tell us it's a bloody joke. know, even though it kinda is. <laughs> I do I don't really want to be that person. That wasn't the that wasn't the driving force behind it. But it should be it should have an equal opportunity to do as well as male heavy things. That's all we are. that's all you ever asked for.
0: I think that's what we're we're all well, I mean, I speak for me. I only speak for me. Of course. There you go. But yeah. So that's in a way brought you Back round to Panto because now the dolls are in Panto. Yes. are they're going to be.
1: Yes. Go to the SECC with uh, Greg McHugh.
0: Fantastic. So that'll
1: exciting. Have
0: you worked with him before?
1: No. And I've never done a big commercial Panto. Ever. I've always <gasps> done the Tron.
0: That's a lot different I would imagine. I've never done one either.
1: Well, apparently you get more money. I wonder what that feels like. Oh
0: when you say apparently do you mean you don't know yet? <laughs>
1: no, I don't mean us. I mean
0: <laughs> oh, <they're> like, <laughs> I, really I mean like, like
1: <laughs> as in you get like co- like well the costumes are amazing at the drawn, but you mm. know, you get proper proper budgets to Aye. you know have do stuff. To do stuff and go, Oh, can we do this and can we do that? You know, and there's no restraints in that way yeah, of yeah. what you can and can't do. But That's exciting. It is exciting.
0: How long have you got to rehearse it? No, not longer. One week. One week.
1: Yes, yeah, so you've got to learn it before you go in. Wow. So we will rehearse the week before, and then it'll run for three weeks. So me and Gail just need to learn it all
0: before we go in. When do they take it? Do they just take it in a day or something?
1: Take it in three days. So I think we come back on the so I think we come back on the twelfth or something, and we don't open to the sixteenth. So I'd imagine those four days would be in the theatre, technically getting it done. What do you mean you come back back from here? Oh, because we rehearse in London. We don't rehearse in Glasgow.
0: Rehearse in London. Mm-hmm. Why?
1: don't know is that an English company maybe that's why or maybe they do them all in the one place because they've got like 31 pantos like oh. they're proper the panto kings aren't they
0: that's mad to be going to be going to London to rehearse a panto well I mean I've heard of people going to London for panto auditions for the kings in Glasgow which seems but, odd to me but uh, well they're a,
1: are they an English company I don't know
0: yeah well Kudos took over the kings now
1: yeah that's right But there used to be
0: First Family, and that was an English company as well. So, who knows what goes on? Maybe
1: they get a cheaper rehearsal rate down there. (laughs) But you go, you're flying everybody, digs. That's mental. Sure, it would cost you more money, but I
0: don't know. Hey, let them get on with it.
1: That's it, shut my mouth.
0: So, what are you going to Have you got digs?
1: Um, Well, I've got a. Because obviously I trained there, so I've got loads of pals there. So, I'll probably stay with a friend, or I don't know, I've not made up my mind yet. Whatever. It'd be quite nice to catch up with folk I hadn't seen. Okay. So, I'll probably stay with a friend. And my dad's brother, he lives down there as well. So, I've got
0: loads of options you could do the humble brag you know that Facebook thing does anyone know of any uh, digs in London preferably near the West End for six to eight months oh no uh huh I think we know what's going on here (laughs) don't we and can I get it for a fiver because I'm on equity minimum (laughs) no yeah well, I've no. got my digs in Edinburgh, and I'm going to just go. I was I'm doing a Christmas show in Edinburgh, and I was going to Amazing. maybe do a commute for a couple of weeks, and then I thought, do you know what? Don't do it to yourself. I can't be bothered. i will just do it from the first day to the last day booked. Don't do it to yourself. Five I, minutes from the from the work.
1: I've done it, and you end up in a panic, and all that, and oh, it's just not up worth at seven it.
0: Seven in the morning. I can. I'm five minutes from it. and get up at nine. <laughs> I get to work.
1: At go day. and enjoy it, and it means you're no stressed out. You go can go home, learn it, have a nice dinner, and you're not like coming in so, here, to literally, been your full day as panel.
0: Just live live that show for ten weeks and then come home.
1: Well, that's that. that's the gig, isn't it? Aye, aye. Well, that's amazing when it comes to you.
0: I don't know if you'll have time. Oh no, you're only on three weeks, mind you. We're on six, so you when do, do you open? 25th of November. We preview. We oh, I can see you
1: I don't. Yeah, I can see you then.
0: Don't come to the preview.
1: Well, no, because that what well, doesn't matter. You'd be brilliant anyway.
0: Ack away. No, no.
1: You are very talented.
0: Right. Thank you very much. And thank then you. we'll we'll talk again in the future when. I know. It's
1: been lovely. I was a bit nervous about it. Were you? A wee bit, cause I go, oh no, I'm I can make an arse myself quite easily.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you did that before we started. So that was fun.
1: <laughs> but thanks for get having it all me. Out. I
0: know. It was good. It was good. No, I enjoyed it. See you next time.
1: See you next time. Bye.
0: There you go, the hilarious Louise McCarthy, who it's fair to say has not forgotten her old arse, and uh, won't be doing so anytime in the near future. <laughs> She's brilliant. It's great to chat to her, and uh, just hope I can get a chance to see her in that panto because I know she'll be fantastic. I saw her doing the dolls with Gail, and uh, I was just so impressed that they they did everything themselves. When I saw it, they did it at the Mitchell Theatre in Glasgow, and they just they had self-funded and they had just made it happen um and they packed it out and they kept adding shows because it was so popular and i just think that's great they find an appetite for something they write something or have something written by the brilliant fraser boyle uh, and and make it work and do things the way they want to do it they become masters of their own destiny which is class and that's uh we could we could all learn a lesson from that i reckon so there you go wonderful louise mccarthy and uh, next week another exciting guest every wednesday remember that putting it together it's on apple podcasts and you can subscribe it's totally free as you know and let me know if you have ideas or you want to join the conversation it's brian at com, and you can get stuff on our website puttingittogethercast.com join us on twitter on facebook and keep liking and subscribing and sharing and tell your pals and if you didn't like it keep stoom thanks very much cheerio now